Praise God. There we go. All right. We're going to go to Psalms chapter 119 and verse 9. And um, I hope today that uh, you're okay with me preaching for a little bit. Is that okay? Just preach it a little bit and, you know, I'm going to make sure it's on our level. But I, I feel like there's something God... I've had this sermon for months, and I've just been waiting for the right people to preach it to, and I think you guys are it. So Psalms 119, verse 9, it says, Wherewithal shall a young man or young woman cleanse his or her way? It's a question. How can a young man or young woman cleanse his way And then it answers, by taking heed thereto according to thy word. He continues, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wonder on this path that I'm on from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. All of these scriptures really reflect a concern not just for the person today, but the path that they're on and the direction they're heading in. That final verse, I word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against these, saying I need to do something today to protect me from the sin I may face tomorrow. Hallelujah. Today, I'm not preaching on that. In fact, I will be preaching a little bit more from verse 9. But this is going to be a silly uh, uh, title, but I hope by the end you understand where we're going with this. I want to preach on this, a conversation with future me. Is that all right? A conversation with future me. How about we go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to speak to us. Let his word come into our hearts. Lord, we ask you, Jesus, in this house, we've already felt your presence. We felt, Lord God, an openness as we played the games. And I pray now, Lord God, you would continue that openness. Help us, Lord Jesus, to feel your presence, to feel your anointing. Help us, Lord God, to know that you are here and you are working on our behalf and you're working on us. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, God, for what you're about to do in this place. Please anoint me. Use me, God, according to your will. Use me in this house, Lord. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Everybody shout amen. Thank you. God bless you. You can be seated. Uh, Before I get started, I want to ask a question, and I hope that you're not too shy to share an answer. If you could get a call, get a phone right now. Got my phone here. If you could take out your phone, dial a number that will get you to your future self. And you could have a conversation with him or her right now. What would you ask him or her? (laughs) Well, he's a future you. He's not the dead you, so he still doesn't know. Or she still doesn't know. 
So how about another question? But that is a good question. I mean, that's a showing, you know, what you're thinking about. You're trying to know what the future holds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like what is your career going to be or your profession's going to be? All right. Elisa? Not to put you on the spot or anything, but... <laughs> You're not sure? Anybody else have another, another question you would ask? You know, this is your opportunity to find out about your life. All right. <laughs> well, that's good. But again, this is your future self. This is somebody, let's say, let's, we are calling our 50-year-old self. How about that? Our 50-year-old self. What would you like to ask the 50-year-old you. What job do I have? Yeah, that's great. That's a great question. Anybody else? What would you like to ask 50-year-old you? How about, here, I'll give you one, Jay Lisa. You ready for this? How many kids do I have? <laughs> Is that a good one? <laughs> How many kids do I have? How many kids? Did I get married? <laughs> Where's that game stops? Yes. All right. Any other question? You think? Yes. Will there be flying cars? That's a great question. Yeah. You know, Back to Future tried to answer that one, and they were way off. So, all right. What about it? 50-year-old you. What else? You're on the phone. Tell me what's happening. Perfect. That's a perfect question. I mean, that's a, that's a really good question. You want to know, did, was I successful? Did I accomplish my dream? That's a big deal. Yes, Christopher. That's a great question. Did I keep worship? Did I continue to go to church? After I got out of school and I went to college and I got on my own and I had liberty to do whatever I wanted to do, whenever I wanted to do it, did I choose to continue to live for God? That's a great question. Any other questions? <laughs> well, this is taking a grim turn here. Hallelujah. <laughs> so you call up and nobody answers, right? And there's <laughs> you get the voicemail. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, these are all great questions. I mean, I would love to have a conversation with 50-year-old there, and I know you probably think I'm 50 already. I'm ancient to you, but I am still young. I still have a lot that I hope to accomplish and a lot that is going to be happening in my life, hopefully. And I would still love to talk to 50-year-old me or 70-year-old me to find out how it all plays out, how it all ends. Now, now we recognize and we know that you know, things happen and things change and there's things outside of our control. But certainly, we would want to ask these questions. And these are good questions. These are questions I want us to start thinking about. Was I successful? Where did I end up? Where am I going? Who did I become? 
Was I, am I a good person? Am I a bad person? Am I a holy person? Am I a sinful, carnal person? So 50-year-old me, who am I then? Where am I then? Now, I know today we can't actually call the future self, right? I know today we can't actually pick up the phone. I don't have a phone or an app. I don't know. They may have the app soon. I don't know. But right now there's no app that you can, you know, connect with and call future Aaron men. You just can't do it. However, what I have concluded and what I would like to minister to you tonight and get you thinking about is the simple fact that although we cannot plan or prepare for things that may be thrown at us, but overall, these questions we're asking, it doesn't take a phone call to 50-year-old you in order to get the answer. Actually, the answers to these questions are right here, right now. The answers to these questions are right where you're sitting. Now, everybody look under your seat. No, I'm just kidding. But it's right in me. And although I can't plan for everything, you better believe that future you is looking back and saying, I am who I plan to be at age 13 or 10 or 11 or 14 or whatever your age is, that is the day, that is the time that I became who I ended up being. Because they may be able to answer what has happened, but only you today can answer what will happen in your life. I found this passage of scripture. It was so interesting. Uh Uh-oh, I don't know where it is. Maybe I didn't put it in there. All right, but uh, Acts chapter 26, verse 4, Paul is speaking to a group of people, and he says, my manner of life from my youth, which was at the first among mine own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews. In other words, all the Jews that I were around, they knew who I was from my youth. He says they knew me from the beginning. If they were here to testify that after the most straightest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. Now, a Pharisee is not something you wouldn't, you wouldn't become a Pharisee until you were much older. But Paul said, in everybody's mind, even though I was only a young person, I was only in my youth, he says, they still looked at me like I was a Pharisee. Now, we know God came into the picture and turned everything upside down. He didn't become a Pharisee. He became a disciple of Christ. But the point here is, is that who he wanted to be, his future self to be, he said, that's the person I was in my youth. Hallelujah. You want to know who you're going to be in the future, you should look in the mirror. Because who you are today is the best indicator as to who you're going to be in the future. Now, this is difficult, right? Because as young people, we don't want to think about the future. 
We don't want to think about repercussions of our actions or think about education. We don't want to think about how much work it's going to take to get there and all this stuff. We just want to have fun. And that has its place. And I love having fun. And we have fun today. We're going to have more fun later. But we also need to understand right now is the most important time for you to live for God and learn things of God. Right now is the most important time in your life. And I'm going to prove it to you. Can I do that? Is that all right? There is an old poem. It's called My Heart Leaps Up. It's from a man named, and this is funny to me, William Wordsworth. Wordsworth. Kind of, you know, on your face a little bit, right? He's a poet, and his last name is Wordsworth. That's, that'd be like me being, hi, I'm Aaron, and I'm Preach Good. My name's Aaron Preach Good. Nice to meet you. So it's kind of on, on the face a little bit, but he lived in the 1700s, 1770 to 1850. This poem is that old, but it's very interesting. He says, my heart leaps up when I behold a rainbow in the sky. He says, so was it when my life began, and so it is now that I am a man. So be it also when I shall grow old. And if not, let me die. Then he makes this comment, and this is actually a famous line. He said, the child is father of the man. Now that's kind of confusing. We're going to break that down in a minute. But what he's saying is, my heart leaps when I see the rainbow. He said, it's the same thing that happened when I was a young man, a young boy. When I was a young boy and I first saw a rainbow, I had such a, an extreme emotional reaction. My heart leapt and I just got excited. I was piqued with curiosity. I wanted to know more about the rainbow. And because of the way he felt when he was young, he said, I still today as a man feel the same when I see a rainbow. And he says, it's because when I was in my beginning, when I was a young boy, that my heart leapt. And so now today it still leaps. And when I'm old, it's still going to leap. Because that's how much he claims his childhood had an effect on the rest of his life. And that's actually what he means when he says, the child is father of the man. Now I've got an illustration for you guys, okay? Um, and I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to get some help here. Uh, little Christopher, why don't you come on up here? You all right if I call you Little Christopher? Yeah. All right. Why don't you come stand over here? All right. We've got Little Christopher. Uh, now I need Adult Christopher to come on up here, Brother Victor. You know where this is going. <laughs> I am, I'm so sorry. In fact, I was trying to get my father to come. How perfect would that have been? It'd be little Chris, middle Chris, you know, uh, senior Chris. I'm not going to call you a senior, but could you come be, play the role of older Chris? <laughs> 
or you guys are younger Victor. I don't know. Either way. <laughs> All right. So we've got younger Chris, we've got man Chris, and we've got older Chris. Now, the thing that, that is so interesting here, we're going to pretend like Brother Victor's the grandpa, all right? He's already grandpa. This is his, his granddaughter here. So we're going to pretend like he's father of Chris. He's Chris the first. This is Chris the second. This is Chris the third, right? Now, as a father or a grandfather, we can see how what he does has a great effect on his children, Right? Wouldn't you admit that your, your mom or your dad and both have a, a, a big hand on who you become, right? They take care of you, you know? So if, if Daddy Chris has a great job, guess what's going to happen? Little Chris now has an iPhone, right? But if Daddy Chris loses his job, thank you. Oh, he has one already. All right. If Daddy Chris loses his job, well, you might not have as nice of stuff, right? And and what Daddy Chris says to him, it forms him. The way he treats him, it forms him. That's what a daddy's supposed to do, right? A daddy protects. A daddy provides. A daddy guides. And he got that from his daddy, who did the same thing. His daddy protected, guided, nourished, directed, provided for. So we see the system. Without this daddy, this daddy may not have been as successful. And without his success, this uh, young Chris may not be as successful, right? Now, what this is saying is let's turn it around a little bit, okay? So we've got to understand the father's are protecting, nourishing, providing for the son. Now, what if instead of these being father, grandfather, and son, what if this is the same person? This is young Christopher, man Christopher, and older Christopher. Almost said senior. Older Christopher. All right, so this is the same person, but three different timelines. Now, everything changes. Because now it's no longer flowing downward like this, but everything is flowing upward like this. Now, what do I mean? All right. Let me see. See that washable marker? I didn't get a chance to talk to you about this afterwards. I had to make sure. Uh, This is a washable marker. So let's see. Let's say that Older Chris is out on his hog, his motorcycle. He gets in a wreck, right? And when he gets into a wreck, he cuts his hand open. And now he needs stitches. So he goes and gets stitches, and when he gets stitches, it leaves a scar. Anybody have a scar? Yeah? I've got a scar right here on my hand. You can come see it, and I'll tell you who was the reason for it. That man right there. He did it to me. So he gets a scar. Here, let me see your hand. Let's see if this will make a mark for us. There we go. He's got a scar. Just let everybody see that. He's got a scar. Now, what happens to them? 
Nothing. What if we switched it around? What if little Christopher was outside, not on his hog, but on his bike? And little Christopher fell off of his bike and hit his head on a rock. That's right. I'm going to mark up your heads. <laughs> it's washable. He hits his head on a, mar- on a rock. Now he has to go to the doctor, and while he's there, they have to give him stitches. But now he has a permanent scar. Now what happens to the rest of them? Now they've all got the same scar. Oh, you already have a scar there. (laughs) There we go. Now they all have the same scar, right? What happened to him did not have an effect on them. It had an effect on everybody on, on the future him, but it didn't have any effect on them. But what had an effect on him, what he did, it changed reality for the rest of them. Does that make sense? So that means what he does, he affects uh, man Chris. And what man Chris does, it affects older Chris. That's why this age right here is called the father of the man. It's because he's, prote- he's the one who's in charge of protecting the timeline. He's the one who's in charge of protecting the future him. Because everything he does will have an effect on him. Let me tell you, young people, everything you do today at a young age, it will have an effect on the rest of your life. Every decision you make will have an effect on the rest of your life. If you serve God or don't serve God, it will have an effect on the rest of your life. If you get get an education, don't get an education, it will have an effect on the rest of your life. Because what you do at this age. It carries through to the rest of your life. The rest of your life. That's why my decisions at this age are more important than my decisions at that age. Still important then, but my decisions at this age is more important than my decisions at that age. Because what if at this age I mess up? What if at this age I get arrested? Now I've got a police report against me throughout the rest of my life. It's going to be harder at this age to get a job. It's going to be harder at this age to get a job. I know we have young ones here, but what if, what if at, at a young age you mess up and you do something you know you're not supposed to? You get together with a man or a woman. You have relationships together and, and you make some bad mistakes. Somebody gets pregnant. Somebody gets something. Now, how much of an effect is that going to have on the rest of your life? Where at a young age, you just made one split decision and now it's changed everything. What if he decides to get drunk at this age? Sorry, buddy. I know you're young. What if he decides to drink or do drugs or do something like that and he messes everything up? He harms himself or harms somebody else. That is going to have an effect on the rest of their lives. Just stay up here for just a minute. I want to show you something else. You see this timeline? 
This was already on the, on the picture, not the five years, eight years, all that, but the numbers were on the picture. This was what they were trying to show on the picture, the progression of age. What I found very interesting at the very beginning is the gaps in the ages. First, you have one to five, five years. Second, it's five to 13, eight years. 13 to 23, 10 years. 23 to 35, 12 years. 35 to 50, 15. Why are these gaps getting longer? You want to know why the gaps are getting longer? It's because the younger years are the most crucial years of your life. And every year that you live, those years become less and less crucial on your decision making. And every year, everything changes. Because once you're 50, it's rare that you're going to make life-changing decisions. But when you're 1 to 13, every decision you make is life-changing, right? You can get it if you need to. (laughs) When you're 1 to 13, every decision you make is life-changing. Hallelujah. And, And listen to this. This is amazing. You guys can go and be seated too. Listen to this. This is amazing. Ninety percent of our brain grows between one and five years old. Ninety percent. That's why there's only five years there. It's because those five years are crucial to our development. What, five to ten, that's considered our, uh, uh, our developmental years, our formative years. And they say our brain stops making new cells at 13 years old. At 25 years old, our brain stops developing altogether. At 25 years old, it's a matter of seeing how much you can cram into your brain at that point and how much you got to, you know, flush out the, 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 the toilet. So at that point, that means at 25 years old, that's the capacity of my brain power. That means right now, my life is more important, and what I do with my life right now is more important than what I do when I'm 15. And at 15, it'll be more important than what I do when I'm 25. And at 25, it'll be more important than what I do when I'm at 35. Because these are the most important years of your life. And what are you doing with them? Uh, there's a, a an old preacher, J.T. Pugh, he used to say this, good to the old man you're going to be. I'd like to change it a little bit more and make it a little bit more modern. Let me say it like this, be good to the old man or the old woman that you're going to be. Be good to the old you. 
Be good to the future, you. Start living your life now with purpose. Start living your life now like you're going somewhere. Don't be wondering and don't just walk around aimlessly. And I know we want friends and I know we want fun and we want all those things, but don't let them steal from you the future of a blessed person in God or a future of somebody who has a good job. Today, right now, Decide that I'm going to be good to the old man or woman that I'm going to be. Be good to him. Be good to her. Then I'm almost done, but we think of David. David, Psalm 71 and 5, and I know we talk about David a lot when it comes to youth services and, and all that, but Psalm 71 and 5, he says, For thou art my hope, O Lord God, thou art my trust from my youth. And we can see that, right? Because you remember Goliath? Goliath looked at David and he says, who are you? He says, I have been training for this. I've been a warrior. I've been a fighter since my youth. He says, so I'm now a formidable foe. Because from my youth, I trained. From my youth, I prepared. What would happen today if we decided from a young person at, at this age, I'm going to start preparing for the rest of my life. I'm going to start setting myself in a good position in my education, in my finances, and especially in my walk with God. What if today I started to get involved in ministry? What if today I started to read the Bible and study the Bible? What if today I started to pray and I started to fast, and I started to go to prayer meetings, and I started to go to church services. What if today I started worshiping? What if today I started lifting my hands? What if today I started dancing? What if today you became a prayer warrior? What if today you became a Bible study teacher? What if today you became a preacher, a song service leader, a Sunday school teacher? What if today You became who you want to be tomorrow. What if today? And Goliath just didn't realize that David had also been preparing from a young age. As a youth, he learned how to play the harp. And because he learned at such a young age, he became so skilled that the king Saul invited him to come play in his chambers. Hallelujah. I love, I love Melanie, and I was talking about how she she uh, knows how to play the violin, and she's got a couple other instruments she wants to learn. I'm like, go ahead and do it. Do it at a young age so that you can bless God and worship God with that instrument. Do it at a young age. At a young age, David took care of the sheep. And at a young age, he decided he was going to protect the sheep at all costs. At a young age, there was a bear that came after the sheep. But David, the Bible says, took the beard of the bear and he killed the bear so that it couldn't get the sheep. How many bears are you killing? I don't know about you, but if I'm sitting there and I see a bear and a sheep and I have to say it's sheep the, the lamb or it's my life, probably going to be the lamb. But David said, no, 
at a young age, he said, I need to protect who I'm going to be. So he killed the bear. And then it didn't stop there. A lion came. And a lion tried to take the sheep. And David killed the lion. And all of that, in that path and doing all that, it prepared him to face Goliath. He didn't walk into Goliath, that battle with Goliath, with only a sling and a stone in the name of Jesus. In his mind, that's all he had. But he had been for years training. For years, he was singing and he was praying while he watched the flock. For years, he prepared for that moment. Hallelujah. Be good to the old man or woman you'll become. Today, start praying. Today, start fasting. Today, start reading the Bible. Psalms 119 and 9, our main passage scripture, he says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? If this is the case, and if today our focus isn't on who I am now, it's who I will be, how can I ensure that the person I become is the person I want to be? How can I cleanse my path? How can I build a road that will take me where I know God wants me to be in my life? This is how you do it. Taking heed thereto to the word of God. Deciding in your heart, I'm going to do everything I can to be who God wants me to be. I'm going to be, do everything I can to seek after God. I'm going to go to church every time there's a service. I'm going to go down to the altar every time the altar call is called. I'm going to worship every time the singers are singing. Why? It's because I'm not just working on me today. I'm working on me tomorrow. And I'm working on the future me. Because I want to be a preacher. I want to be a preacher's wife. I want to be a missionary. I want to be a song service leader. I want to teach Bible studies. What Whatever it is that you want to do in God, today's the day to start it. Today, how about we stand? 2 Timothy 3.14. Paul is speaking to Timothy, a young man. And this is what he said. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. That means he decided it in his heart. Knowing of whom thou hast learned them. What he's trying to say is, Timothy, continue thou in the things you already decided in your heart. And look at that. From a child. From a child. I decided I'm going to be a man of God. From a child, I decided I'm going to be a woman of God. From a child, I decided I'm going to be used by God, and I'm not going to worry about this world and all the mess that's out there. I'm going to live above it. I'm going to work for the kingdom of God. Can I tell you a a testimony, and this has nothing to do with me, just this year, at uh, 
men's conference toward the beginning of this year. I was there, and there was a, a man that came to me. He was in his 20s, probably 25, 26. He came up to me, and he said, Aaron, do you know who I am? I said, no, I, I don't have any idea who you are. He said, when I was young, he said, you preached a youth rally at that time. I was probably 20 years old. He said, when I was young, you preached a youth rally. He said, and I came down to the altar. He said, I still remember your sermon. He's, he said, I came down to the altar and you prayed for me. He said, and God filled me with the Holy Ghost for the very first time. He said, Aaron, I just wanted you to know that your testimony has always been with me. He said, and just the other day, I'm a youth pastor now. Just the other day, I preached to my young people the same message you preached the day I got the Holy Ghost. I say that to say I was only 20 years old when I preached that message. Even today, I still have young people coming to me and saying, telling me how much of an effect I had on them when I preached at 16, at 18, at 20, at 22, at 23, and how much it changed their life. Now, that's only because at age 14, God got a hold of my heart, and I decided I didn't want to live for this world anymore. I wanted to live for God. That's because at age 14, I decided to give my all to God, and I decided to give my all to the church, and to give my all to the ministry. I started preaching at age 14. I wasn't a good preacher, but because I started young, God started to build me, and help me to grow. That's why I was able to preach that message at 20 years old to a group of probably 200 or 300 young people at 20 years old. It's not because I'm special. It's just because at 14 I said now as a child I want to be who God wants me to be. So the questions that we asked at the beginning, who am I? Where am I going? Who will I be in 50 years? Why don't you decide right now who you're going to be in 50 years? Why don't you decide right now I'm going to be that man of God or that woman of God? Because look at this. From a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through which faith, which faith, through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, or for instruction in righteousness. Look at this. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Here's what God put in my heart. He said, Timothy, because as a child, you devoted yourself to the Word, and you devoted yourself to me. He says, now, the man of God become perfect. The man of God will be thoroughly furnished and do all good works. 
didn't start there. You're not going to be perfect today. But if you can decide in your heart, I'm going to give my all to God, then it's the man or the woman that you're going to become that's going to benefit from it. It's the children you're going to have that are going to benefit from it. It's the spouse you're going to have that's going to benefit from it. Your grandchildren, they're the ones who are going to be benefiting from it. Hallelujah. So I'm done. My question to you today is, who are you going to be in 50 years? What is the future you? Has anybody decided today, I want the future me to be a man of God or a woman of God. I want the future me to be used by God. How about we all come down right now, and I would love for all of us to find a place to pray down in this altar, to have a conversation with God that says, God, make me who I need to be, Lord Jesus. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter what your brother or your sister, it doesn't matter what your mom and dad, it doesn't matter what your cousins are doing, if they're not living for God, I'm not saying to disrespect your parents at all, but if they're not living for God, let me tell you, that doesn't mean you can't live for God. Hallelujah, if they're not men and women of God, that doesn't mean you can't be a man or a woman of God. If they're not living holy, that doesn't mean you can't live holy. If they don't like going to church, that doesn't mean you don't have